Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right. No money. All we ask is that you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys. Welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Episode 80, the Xbox Series X Stroke S review. With me, George, as always, joined by... Bo- <laughs> well, we'll leave it in. People will mm-hmm. need to know I can make mistakes. With me, George, and as always, joined by Bobby, Master Chief to my Craig. How's it going? Good, you? Yeah, listen, I'm doing mm. great. Apart from the slip at the first hurdle there, <laughs> I think we're on, a, we're on an absolute roll. Let's give uh, new fans, old fans, and everything in between fans a quick rundown of what we've got coming up. So we've got some news. In there, I've got a smorgasbord of all sorts of news for every platform you could possibly imagine, including the very rare yet elusive Zanussi washing machine. We've then got the feature, which in conjunction with our friends at Downright Square is the Xbox Series X and S review. So all those eager to find out how that performs, well, you'll find out, warts and all. We've then got the new releases coming up. We've got the Raymeister storming down the drive with not so much, because last week, I think he even had to put stuff on the roof rack, Bobby. We had that many games. Mm-hmm. And, oh, bear, bear with, because the election rumbles on, yeah, man. The hashtag listener Stingray, aka Stingray's boot, where we go through and critique your pickups, hasn't happened yet, um, but it will. We'll probably yeah. do a special episode next yeah, week. We're going to have to for if sure, if possible. Seeds or gets put through officially, then the hashtags will be released. Free mm-hmm. the hashtags. Anyway, those that know the format of the show know that once all that's done. Bobby, I ask you what you're hoping to play for the next gaming week, but the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sip of your Red Bull, friend. <laughs> Orders, grip that wheel. Bobby, what have you been playing? 90% of the time, just AC Valhalla. Wow, that's, okay. it, that's it. Yeah, and I play a little bit of a Rogue Company. I already have the Platinum, but a couple of friends who have it just want it. So I'm helping them, you know, a couple of days a week when I can, just get some wins, really. Mm. But just pure Valhalla. I have about 15, maybe 17 hours in. I just met one of the, you know, a character. I'm not going to 
give uh, spoilers, but I'm still in the Norway, which is the beginning region. Mm. And I'm just trying, I have all the gold, the mysteries, the artifacts. There's some places I can't get to, because if you know if you're a fan of AC, sometimes you can only go so far. And it has like the glitch computer system. Mm -hmm. Basically, I have all the borders around that filled and mapped. But I just can't seem to get to certain places because the the glitchies. But no, not the not the AC glitchies, not the glitchies. The, in the, the animus glitchies. Yes, yes, that's what it's called. <clears throat> okay, all right. Well, what about you? you? Yes. Well, I've been playing. After you finally relinquished control, I got some PS5 time. I've been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. The the actual presentation of that in 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 4K is absolutely pristine and the character animation and the models listen i'm sure if people got this for the ps4 it would look equally as beautiful especially mm -hmm. on the pro but on the 5 with the ray tracing and all that and the 30 fps sort of graphical fidelity mode it's beautiful it is beautiful also um finished astrobot which uh, got the platinum as well inspired by awesome you game. do you know what if you've played any of the playstations through the era mate, mm -hmm. i nearly i nearly wept when i, I shed got a tear to the, a little bit when i got to the playstation 3 area where the music kicked in after we've been yes. talking about it last episode yeah, i and was all like the, all the icons were around you were thinking i thought me, about you i was yeah I was. and i got through there and that happened and it was like oh mate and then i didn't realize how much uh, um how much affection I poured into the PS4's menu screen either, because when you get through to the end of that one mm -hmm. and it pops and it's like, oh, you know, I had tingles from that. Yeah, that was so awesome, man. Me and the girlfriend and would be often honest, have that on. It's a game that I probably would have never played normally, but because there's nothing else really, I mean, unless you have all the launch titles, there's nothing really else there. It's free. Bro, Listen, it was I've such got, a surprise. I've got a big bulk of the launch titles, but I think it's that compelling a game. Oh, 100% agree. That you, even if you had every game under the sun right now for the for the PS5, yeah. you would still have put time and effort into it. Hundred percent agree. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla have had a couple of snags. Like I got to the UK, and the harsh white starkness of Norway. There's no spoilers here because we obviously mm -hmm. we know from the trailers yeah. and everything that this happens. The harsh white starkness of Norway compared to the green fields of the UK is absolutely yin and yang it's it, the actual when you arrive and you see it and it's got like this sun-drenched hue in it yeah you're like, oh man that's beautiful and the trip up the river on the way into the uk no spoilers, i'm excited bro he's absolutely fire i'm talking about absolutely brilliant um when you get there you see the coast of lincolnshire obviously me and you sat here in new york mm -hmm. now I'm playing Miles Morales and looking out the window and seeing the things I'm swinging around, but I'm playing Valhalla and getting a little bit sort of sentimental for the green field. So, yeah, again, it's fine. The only problem is it's had a bit of a... Something's happened where my saves got corrupted. I'm leaving it to sort of sit and simmer in rest mode for a while to see if that fixes it. If not, I'll be starting it again. No issues because it's my first open world Assassin's Creed because I missed Origins and Odyssey. So oh. to go to Valhalla was a bit of a steep learning curve, to be fair, because I'm you used know, to the very tight um, stealth sections. You get yes. into Valhalla and it feels a little bit like 
yeah, all the bits AC never did that well, no. but open world and mm-hmm. you can climb anything and do anything, but that leads to its own issues because you're, you're accessing areas that you maybe shouldn't. You're entering into fights that you're not leveled for yeah. and the game can kick your ass quite oh, quickly yeah. if you're not careful. I was going to say, if you get, if you get to play the other, the original, the new trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, Eivor feels like a much heavier character. Like even his uh, when he jumps, there's like weight to him. Mm. Where I felt like in the previous uh, Origins and Odyssey, you could just jump and fly. And like in Origins, you were like the master of the bow and arrow. I felt like the bow and arrow had pull, and you can hit anybody. With Odyssey, it, I hardly used the bow and arrow because no matter how much I upgraded it, I couldn't really, you know, get distance. It was just odd. So I just started hitting people with the sword. This game. When you hit somebody, you feel like the weight of the hit, not just like a hit box. Yeah. So it's definitely different. Would you would you liken it to the difference between Assassin's Creed 1, 2, uh, Brotherhood and Revelations, for instance? Because I found a similar transition. And then when you get to Assassin's Creed 3, I don't know if you've played that or not. I played Con- 3. Yeah. Connor's got weight and heft. Yes. See, and- when I got Odyssey, it came with a free copy of 3 Remastered. Mm. So I played the whole game. And I like, wow, this is weight. I like the people. I mean, it was more like linear, but you could still be semi-open world kind of. Yeah. This game reminds me of that because of the way the weight does, the axe. There's, um, in part three, you had to collect papers that would fly around. Yes. That's back here, but yeah. now it's tattoos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. I just kept thinking about three, how they kind of... Yeah, I think I like three it. is very much an unsung hero of the Assassin's Creed because I went into it not knowing what to expect, and halfway mm-hmm. into the game, I'd already been on eBay and bought the... I was playing it on PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360, mm-hmm. but halfway through, and I'm playing it retrospectively, when we had the first lockdown in the UK, I started mm-hmm. playing through all the Assassin's Creed. And I enjoyed one, I've always loved it. I kind of liked two and sort of understood why people had a soft spot for it. Um, Brotherhood, I thought, was incredible. Uh, revelations I wasn't so keen on and then I got to three and wasn't sure what to expect and immediately I fell in love with it you know immediately and I think a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't a continuation of one and two and the and the the Mm tag-ons but uh, I thought that was great so to hear you say similar things about this one I think um, it gives me a great sense of satisfaction because I'm on the fence with it I'm on the fence with it like I say it's my first open world one there's there's glitch there I can't really ignore, to be honest with you. Coming off the back of an open-world game like Ghost of Tsushima, which had some glitches, uh, Valhalla feels very un- very unpolished. Mm-hmm. Some of the anime, I did notice some of that. the cutscenes looked fantastic, but some of the in-game stuff, mm-hmm. not not so great. Like I know even the snow, sometimes the snow, it's like, really? That's just snow? Hmm. Where I felt like the snow in part three, Assassin's Creed three, I'm like, wow, that's that's snow. Yeah. Or that's well, mud, you know? The, yeah. Which is the, funny. The parkour transitions I actually found more similar to three. You know, yeah, you, th- that's hundred percent where you go up into a tree and it's got like the V shaped branches uh-huh. and you kind of push through and you hop See, through. See, that wasn't really in Origin and Odyssey, but you could still do that. But it was mm. more like, you know, it this feels so similar to three to me that I can't really come, even though it's the same gameplay style, I feel like it's more similar to three than to Origins Odyssey, in my opinion. But like I said, I'm just in Norway, but I've been there 15 hours. So, Oh, by the way, I've, uh, 
I packed away all the PlayStation VR. I thought I'll keep my side of the apartment tidy. I'll pack that away mm-hmm. because I haven't got the dongle through from PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then the minute I packed it all away, there was a knock at the door. The postman handed me the dongle, the mailman, <laughs> as we call it here, handed mm-hmm. me the dongle. I was like, unbelievable. Damn. So off the back of finishing Astrobot um, or Astro's Playroom, I'm actually quite intrigued to get myself a copy of Astrobot VR and then oh, play yeah. through because the it looks to me like the enemy types are exactly the same mm-hmm. and a lot of the other sort of level design is the same except it's been tweaked for VR. So I if mean, I could have that experience with VR that I had with oh, the DualSense, mm-hmm. I would be very happy boy. Bro, I would be happy if they made a sequel or just put Astro, that, that character, into another... Have you done the... Have you gone back and done the DLC trophies for Astro? 100%. I did everything one shot. Ah, uh, right. I've I was hooked. I've I was got like, one wow. more to do to get that DLC. And it's cool because... Session. Somebody beat my time. One of my friends beat my time in one of the races. Mm-hmm. And I was playing Valhalla and I popped up. Oh, this guy. I'm like, you passed my time? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back and beat your time. Uh, well, Tom <laughs> sent me a message from his prison cell. He must have mm-hmm. got a little bit of time on Big Rick's phone. That's the, to the new listener, that's the ex co host <laughs> of this show who's doing time in a penitentiary in New York. Uh, me and Bobby have moved into his apartment here. I flew over from the UK, and you can tell from Bobby's voice, he is already a resident of the fine city of New York. Um, yeah, he sent me a thing saying, oh, I've posted the time. If you want to beat it, it'll let me know. It's kind of like a cool feature. I don't know. What prison is he in? Must be some sort of tax evasion prison where he's allowed to have a PlayStation 5. My goodness. Yeah, he's not in Rikers. He's definitely upstate. Is he? Right, okay. I don't know. As soon as he got sent away i just put him on my naughty boy list and just invariably yeah, he's in a he's in a major it's a major prison but it's not like for violent criminals so you know right okay yeah it's so maybe why him and big rick's relationship has blossomed then eh i mean look at the benefits that he has had i mean yeah it sucks he's in prison but i mean it's not like he's in like are you are you talking friends with benefits as in big rick or are you talking like i mean uh, that's i have no idea what they're doing but i feel like he's at least <laughs> haven't enjoying his time he's not like frustrated yeah he's in prison but i mean he has a you know some perks so okay well i reckon without stomping a mud hole dry that's probably all we've been playing i think it's time for the news who scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories first up do you want that one bobby all right those things will never be worth a dime oh (laughs) <laughs> Pokemon trading cards have steadily risen in value over the past few years, aided in, in no small measure by the fact that the franchise as a whole seems to be growing in popularity all the time. Those individuals who got into the TCG back in the day are now of the age that they have a more disposable income, and as a result, the value of the sealed packs has ballooned of late. If you need if you need hard evidence of the fact, consider this. A sealed first edition base set booster box from 1999 has just changed hands for a whopping $360,000. Oh, my God. The exchange took place at the Heritage Auctions Comic and Comic Art Auction, uh, an ongoing event which ends in November 21st. The winner was Thomas Fish, president of BowLoutCards.com. He won a Pokemon demo game sealed booster pack from 1998 for $22,800. Due to its small production run, the Pokemon first edition base set is seen by many as the absolute zenith of TCG collecting. 
The previous record for this was set at 198000 and was only hit in September this year. Heritage Auction Assistant Comics and Comic Operations Supervisor Jesus Garcia had this to say. This is the pinnacle for all Pokemon collectors and in the back in the back record breaking sales show that. The set comes from a very low print run and to find one is uh, steeled, sealed and in such great condition explains why the demand for this was so intense. According to Heritage Auctions, bidding was exceptionally aggressive and online bids surpassed the previous world record before the auction had even opened. Oh, That's incredible, gracious me. Did you ever Pokemon back in the day or have you I never... I never Pokemon now or ever will. Wow, okay. My sister, I know some of the characters because my sister watched the cartoon. Yeah. But I don't remember her ever having the card. I don't think she thought Pikachu was cute. And that's really what it was. What What do you think about the whopping £360,000 for a, a set of cards? I mean, to be honest, I had the first set edition from, I think it was 1992 or three, Joe Jesco Marvel Masterpiece cards. Yeah. And I had a little comic shop named Magnum Comics. And I would go there and buy the packs, you know, little by little. And I almost had the whole set. Mm. And then one day, this big, this, you know, I mentioned before my other podcast, Douglas Wang. He was a big, <laughs> like, bro, like the rock size person. In, oh, in, yeah. In third grade. I remember, okay. you, I remember yeah. this episode. He had a whole collection in a loose leaf binder. Okay. And I remember I saw some kids stealing the book. And I was so scared to tell him because I, I didn't want to be involved. But I actually told him that, hey, these kids just stole your book. Okay. He still has. Uh, no, my friend bought it from him in high school because mm-hmm. he got the book back for in high school. I'm talking about six hundred, seven hundred dollars, like ninety, ninety eight, ninety nine. Right. That is probably worth hundreds of thousand dollars now. Because it's in pristine condition. He didn't just get the regular, you know, like the the old school plastic covers that like just yeah. drop in the cards. This was a heavier plastic that could almost kind of seal from the top. Yeah. It was maybe like $3 a sheet compared to $50 a sheet. So obviously he had money. But I mean, bro, they're not even hitting the air. It's, I would love to see that book now. I've got a I've got a trading card story or like when I was young and Batman the movie came out there was this company called Tops Cards mm-hmm. you might have them yeah yeah and you used to get these packs uh, little sort of trading card size and in it was scenes from the movie I think there are three hundred and fifty two cards with two oh, specials wow. and a sticker and you used to get the little bit of bubble gum inside mm-hmm. it's worth the the full set you can get on eBay now for not really a lot of money I don't think it was and each little scene from the movie had a caption underneath like where does he get those toys or that's cool man. to gotham or you know for the love of a bat or whatever it was and i think there was one card that was a sticker which you obviously and i had to, i managed to get the full set every time i went to the news agents oh scratch 50p together or 50 cents together just to get a, a pack and I had loads of, no one else collected them. So I had loads of what I would call trade spares. Yeah, yeah. But over the years, I, you know, if I could travel back in time, I could take you to my childhood bedroom and open the drawer and be like, there they are. But where they are now, I have absolutely no idea. Because the stack was probably about four inches wide with a mm-hmm. rubber band around it. And then mm-hmm. there was another stack of my trades, which was about two inches tall. Um, but yeah. 
You need That's to look so cool. those out. You need to look those out. This, I can, I I can imagine ripping it open now and the smell of the chewing yes. gum with a little bit of dust on the cards that had come <laughs> off the chewing gum. And I used to love the taste of it. And I might get like three or four packs in a hit and all mm-hmm. the chewing gum would go all in and I'd have this massive, <laughs> look like a kid, uh, baseball legend chewing on mm-hmm. some uh, big cheek out here somewhere full of chewing gum, bubble gum. I used to love collecting cards, bro. Just all the Marvel superhero cards. I don't remember DC ever having superhero cards. I've only just seen, remember, remember Marvel and like baseball cards. But I do have the whole set of the Is NHL that Red 94. Diesel? That's Red Diesel. And I'll tell you what, the window's closed, bro. That's how loud his end well, is. Okay? On, a, on a side note, Adam, the artist has finished the picture of Red Diesel. So that's going to be going up this week. Beautiful. So all the fans need to keep an eye on the uh, Instagram for that. Shall we... I cut you short there, I apologise, but to keep some speed, some expedience underneath the show's wings like air, shall we move on to the next bit of news? Let's do it. This is how you write out the Bond tune. Dan, nan, nana, de dandar. Speed that up. Dana, 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 Developer IO Interactive, famous for the recent Hitman series of games, has revealed today that it's working on a brand new James Bond title, which will be the first mainstream Bond game in over a decade. The working title is Project 007 and is described as a wholly original Bond story, with players stepping into the shoes of the world's favourite secret agent in the very first Bond origin tale. There's no release date for this one or even a suggestion of platforms as of yet. IO says it's currently recruiting elite talent to join the team that will build out the game. So we might be waiting for a while yet. So it's very early days. We're right here on the edge of a story here, Bobby. It's, it's literally the DNA. What would you like this to be? Hmm. Well, if they're using the... It, from doing some other investigations, it really feels like they're going to be using the Hitman Origins engine to mm-hmm. power this game, which immediately puts it third person. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I, I haven't got a massive issue with that. I don't want it to be... I think the thing with Bond is it's got so much nuance that you need... You know, it's very easy. Back in the day, you couldn't really do a lot. Like in the 16-bit era, a game had to be... A platform game with shooting mm-hmm. bits right mm-hmm. that's 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 how all games were so that's how all games were transitioned in the sort of ps2 in the sort of n64 ps1 era there were going to be fps's in the ps2 era sort of 360 era there were going to be fps's as well now there's a little bit more sort of insight a little bit more ability to do different stuff so mm-hmm. yeah in a way you know, your ultimate Bond game would be almost like an open world with, and, and using the Hitman as an example, several ways to infiltrate the baddie area, the, mm-hmm. bad, the baddie's dad. You know, one way is for you to use your Q gadgets to sort of bluff your way into one area, or maybe, you know, there's a cocktail party and you've got to get the right, um, is it Quantum of Solace where he kind of takes the guy down in the toilets and he, he puts the tux on, boom, and he's got the, bit he needs the invitation mm-hmm. he needs to get the gift bag to get into the main area and then it sort of goes into a little bit of a, a melee scrabble from there it's uh, yeah i mean bond's got these great moments these frenetic moments which are almost you know likened to interactive cutscenes in games you know they're yeah. very scripted sequences but in between that it would be nice to flesh out 
the Bond story. Like I've read some of the novels and the granular detail in there, it's like a Brett Easton Ellis novel, you know, the, the way um, Ian Fleming describes his drinks and his car and, and the, the building that he's staying in and the clothes that he's wearing. There's so much more to the Bond if they really delved into it, I've gone mm-hmm. off on what you've asked me what sort of game I think this should be, and I've given you a very round the hey, house. It's called Passion, bro, and I'm interested. And and normally I would say to you, I'd pitch an idea and you'd be like, I'd buy that straight away. Um, for this, I think, you know, maybe a, a three or four open world sections which build towards a climax. I think if it was just an out and out shooter, it'd be very sort of seen it, done it, mm-hmm. you know, really boring. But if it was a section of multiple infiltration styles where it's not full stealth, because Bond did some stealth, but Mm. not all the time, that maybe once you completed the section, you then sort of conducted in a chase escape, be it on skis or Mm. in a car, and that was more on rails. I think that would be a pretty good payoff. Yeah. And give you the feeling of being Bond without like babying you too much, but yeah. also keeping the narrative flow going. I think personally, I think it's quite a hard uh, franchise to decide you want to work with, but I think IO Interactive uh, could do a stand-up job of it based on the Hitman games. Because I would love if, like, as far as the hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. something like like Sleeping Dogs, because, like, the Daniel Craig era, you know, that's the questions are pretty cool. So if we can, if you had to get, not that you would want the game to be like that, but if you had to, let's say you got caught, you know, you yeah. can't just start shooting up an area with civilians. It would so be, he, yeah, I, would I love mean, that. for me, it would be, it would be really quite cool if it was done around the sort of, it was very weighty and the characters yeah. were quite large in the screen and it took on a little bit more of um, Mad Max or mm-hmm. the Arkham Knight series where you kind of more use their momentum against them. So it's like triangle to... Like you can punch guys to death, but it's mm-hmm. better to sort of wait to let them strike. So they put an arm out and you can yeah. grab it and then pull them in and then snap their neck and then drop yep. them down and then feed into the next guy. Not full Batman style where you're kind of like zooming between. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause for me that always suspended. I know you're a big fan of those games, but it kind of always suspended my disbelief. It was good from a video game point of view to keep the combo going. But when you triangled and then the next combatant was, maybe 20 feet away 20 feet away and you just zip to him <laughs> you know even a batarang and pull like batman like the spider-man games that would then link the animations together mm-hmm. would have had a little bit more like oh great so keeping it very granular like that if i mean mad max is a good example you can't zip to the next no. character in mad yeah. max he's very brutal if they're not right there you can't chain a 400 combo together yeah just which i like can't. a little better yeah so that would be, yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. That'd We've seen so many stabs at it where it's been FPS. We've seen so many stabs at it where it's been cars. Like the last good Bond game I played, probably we talked to him about it recently, Everything or Nothing, the EA trilogy, mm-hmm. um, pretty good. I think we've probably, uh, for a very small nugget of news there, Bobby, I've probably talked the hind legs off a donkey. So uh, talking of legs, Bobby... <laughs> <laughs> What's this next bit of news? A little bit of leg. Mm. Uh, speaking with Russian media outlet TASS, uh, PlayStation bigwig Jim Ryan has asked about Sony's response to Xbox's popular Game Pass subscription service. 
He replied, intriguingly, there is actually news to come, but just not today. The executive then went on to talk about PlayStation Now, which is the Japanese giant uh, streaming platform. In a curious statement, because when asked a similar question earlier in the year, Ryan explained that Game Pass-like subscription doesn't make sense for us. He told Games uh, Industry Biz, we are not going to go down the road of putting the release titles onto a subscription model. These games cost m- many millions of dollars, well over 100 million to develop. We just don't see that as, sub- as sustainable. Obviously, the platform holder has its work cut out uh, for them right now with the PS launch. So this probably isn't the right moment to start talking about other initiatives or may or may not have in the pipeline. Consider our curiosity peaked. So that's a very interesting answer to an otherwise obvious question. Hmm. What? Like that, I would, out of I, that statement, what resonates with me is, and this probably speaks for all games currently, these mm-hmm. games cost many millions of dollars, well over a hundred million to develop. Mm-hmm. You don't get that back from a subscription pass model, do you? At the moment, you don't. Yeah. I know that it's G, it puts a lot of cash flow through the business of Xbox, but it doesn't. And for us gamers, it doesn't really matter. But from a, a sustainability point of view, for these businesses staying around in the industry, they either need to hit a critical mass. Yeah, I know that we've seen in our Discord that there's been lots of maths shucked around, but it just doesn't at the moment. I just don't see how that stacks up. It puts a lot of money through. Like the river's wide and it's throwing fast and it's flowing deep, but it's not to the level that these games need to be where you then develop one for $100 million and then pop it on mm-hmm. for free. So, yeah, I understand. And also PlayStation and Sony aren't linked to it a global powerhouse that is Microsoft. So oh. they maybe have to be a little bit more tactful about how mm-hmm. they do things. Yeah, and Microsoft the minute, is big, big league money. They're a beast, aren't they? Let's yeah. face it. And, you know, we saw with the Bethesda, I mean, if, if my, if Xbox was sectioned off and spun off as a satellite business to survive on its own, they wouldn't have had that money for that Bethesda acquisition. That was Microsoft making a corporate head-up decision to say, let's chuck some billion at this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot of money. It was an incredible statement. We said at the time in the episode, I think Xbox buys Bethesda, mm-hmm. that that's, that's more than Disney paid for Star Wars. Yes. That's... And Disney probably got their money back. They made it back in the first two films. Yeah, which is out on, unbelievable, bro. And that's just on the films. We don't see the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of what someone's paying for a Darth Vader thermos flask. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, do we? So, you know, that's an inherently marketable thing. Now, they pay good money for Minecraft. And again, in mm-hmm. the Minecraft episode, we dug up the nugget that says that they've got a 100-year plan for Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Minecraft to me is much more merchantable than the Bethesda back catalog. You know, you only need a couple of duff games, and suddenly Elder Scrolls has squandered all its forward momentum. Fallout kind of already has squandered a lot of its mm-hmm. forward mo- momentum with seventy six and what some people didn't like of the watering down of four. So um, back to the original question: 
do I, I mean, I sit on the side of the fence where I collect games and I like to have a piece of plastic containing a piece of plastic that mm-hmm. sits rotting on a shelf. Eventually where it gets disc rot, it's an unusable form of media that I've paid money for and not really extracted full potential out of. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm the idiot. I'm willing to say that every time, but I get a kick out collecting my way. Whereas if I was uh, on a budget and we'll get to it with the S and, or I had an S and mm-hmm. I was all in on digital or I had a PS5 digital would I be offended by a Games Pass subscription model? Probably not. I think we're a gen away from it making perfect sense. 100%. Um, but right now, probably not. And for a company like Sony, that's probably got to be a little bit more bespoke, a little yeah. bit more sort of cottage industry. I know we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here, but in the scale of big world players, they've got to play a little bit more cottage industry. Oh, um, yeah. But what would this... Now we've put some parenthesis behind that statement, Bobby, or I have spoke with verbal diarrhea for what feels like 30 minutes. What would be, what do you think there is actually news to come, but not just today? And I was, just before I get carried on there, now we know Games Pass is a cracking offer. Mm -hmm. I was doing some research the other day. PlayStation Now's got more games than Games Pass. Yeah, it's got more games, but it's not, like it doesn't work as well i, I would say but you There's can still, download the games on game on yes yeah, so if you can download it yeah obviously then you, you know you're good but the mm. streaming side at least for me what i tried with my internet yeah mine it, would be the same it would just like it's not worth it it's, i'd rather just download the game that's currently how you would access like a playstation 3 or yeah because like my friend has the game pass, so i went down and he's streaming a game and it's fine we basically live in the same building so same internet i'm mean, not paying any much anymore for it to me it doesn't work for, for now for mm-hmm. other people it might work but i would hope like i'm not really a collector like i'm not just going to buy a random game i'm going to buy a game i want and that's it so i have a bunch of physical games that's how know? i collect i only yeah. buy the ones I i'm just want. gonna boom i'm not gonna oh how much is that don't need it but for me if you already have playstation plus mm-hmm I just thought it was just—it just makes more sense to either make PS Now a little cheaper, yeah. or raise the price of Plus a little bit and integrate Now into it, because if Sony can really put all their first-person titles that they have on Now from PS One up till Now, that's yeah. huge. That's huge for them. But also, in my, in my opinion, I'm not going to try to play, you know, Odd World Odyssey, Abe's World Odyssey or the original Tomb Raider anymore. I'm I'm over that. You know, that's just me. I'd rather play the new the newer stuff. But if there is a game that's on there that intrigued me that I maybe I don't want to spend money on, and I'll try it out. And if I like it, I'll play and I'll buy the physical copy. I didn't know this, but PlayStation Now, which is the sort of similar to Games Pass, is already if you if you buy a year's worth, it's forty nine ninety nine pounds, year. yeah, or fifty nine ninety nine dollars. That seems that's cheap. Seems cheap. It's five pound mm-hmm. a month, pretty much. Yeah, no, it's, it it is pretty cheap. It's it's great. It's, I'm telling you, if you are on a budget, it's a great deal because fifty bucks t- for the I whole tell year. You what, you're done. When I was in the UK before I moved out to the middle of nowhere, before I moved to New York, I lived in a, a village that had virgin fiber, and the internet was blisteringly fast i'd imagine that's probably got the speed that you need yes. to probably extract the most out of something like games 
pass yeah, or see if I call my cable company and mm-hmm. listen, let me and I'm in the basic, I don't know, whatever, civil tier, whatever. Let me get the gold tier mm-hmm. and they'll turn on the boosters and my internet will go through the roof. I'm sure it'll work fine. Yeah. But I don't feel like paying for that right now. No. Well, that then takes you fifty nine ninety nine a year and turns it into more like one hundred and ninety nine mm-hmm. a year, and that's not acceptable. So, back to the original question, then: What do you think they, other than sort of lumping PlayStation Now in with Plus or dropping the price down so it's even more attractive than the forty nine ninety nine or whatever it is, the what other news do you think you might have to come? You mentioned something before we started recording, which I thought was a pretty good idea. Yeah, like, you know how you're going to get your two games a month for, you know, PS4 and then one for PS5 now? You're gonna, so you're going to get three free games a month. Yeah. I think it would be pretty cool if you get a fourth free game, but out of, like, you know, 15, 20 titles, you can pick one mm-hmm. of those games, you know? It, it might be double or duplicate the next month with some newer titles added to it, but that would be pretty cool because, oh, wow, I get to pick a game that I might not have picked. I get one a month for free. Yeah. Yeah. try out myself without you giving it to me i can pick that's yeah. pretty cool well at, at the minute they've got a lot of goodwill in their exclusives like that playstation plus collection i added every one of those games to my ps5 library i didn't download them but i had them to 100 percent me too because you never know anything can happen you, you, you never know those right then, quickly, then they're yeah. yours i also checked and i've got ps plus until 2023 which is Me a little too. excessive which i don't no, know i tell you every time i see a sale that it goes like uh, 40 45 dollars i buy yeah. it boom because yeah stack it on yeah keep ratcheting it up. yeah well there's there's 36 free games there between now and when it expires which to be fair is pretty generous mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, if they expanded that and they've got like that goodwill, like they haven't got Last of Us 2 on there, they haven't got Death Stranding on there at the mm-hmm. moment, they haven't got um, Ghosts on there, you know, there's plenty they could add there to add yeah. like a I think after level. four or five years, all the exclusive they make should just be free. Mm. I mean, after five the years, other one, am I going to play Death Stranding in five years? Maybe, maybe if it's free. I'll tell you one thing that I noticed was a glaring omission from the PS Plus collection. Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm, yeah, it's not there. No, you'd thought it would be. Anyway, I think we've probably, we've had a good little news sesh there, Bobby. Question is, dear listener, and new listener, thank you for sticking with us. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, Bobby, how would the collected masses get in contact with us and say, no, George, PlayStation Now is way more than that. You're an absolute <laughs> poop. Bobby is more handsome than you. Rename this show Bobby's World Podcast, the sequel. Bigger, stronger, harder, and better than that. What? What would? How would they get in contact with us and let us know that I am stinkingly Joe Average? You can contact us from Twitter or Instagram, mm-hmm. or you can hit us up on our official email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or join us on the uh, Discord. Where the conversation continues. Mm-hmm. You can make new friends, influence people. There's a swap shop for games. Yep. There's a stingray to post pictures of your games if you don't want to do that on Instagram. Stainless self-promotion. Yeah, shameless self-promotion. There's a place to buddy up and probably make new online friends if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even engage me and Bobby directly in one-on-one chat. And the price for all this, community goodness, Bobby, let me get my pen out because I feel it's going to have a lot of zeros on it. How much is it? Three. That's one zero. 
one zero. Not one zero, as in the number one and a zero. We're just talking. Technically, it'll be zero point zero zero. Zero point zero zero. We. You talk of exclusive, very popular online gaming communities, Bobby, and they're charging money for Patreon. There's an entry fee to the Discord, as is free. Mm-hmm. How much is it to ask a question on the show? And then if you ask that question or put a comment on for the feature of the week, and then that got featured and you then in turn won a prize, there must be a charge for that. Surely it's got to be. Free. Absolutely One. free. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Well, with that said, I best check my medication because I don't know how we're paying the bills. It's time for the feature this week in conjunction with the boys down at Downright Square. I'm very nervous because I um, it's like my Achilles heel, that web address. <laughs> Downright Square, once this show goes live, you'll be able to read these reviews on their website. Absolutely, again, these boys hold no bounds because all their content, FOC, baby, that stands for free of charge. It doesn't really get any better than that. So the Xbox Series S and X review, in conjunction with the boys at Downright Square, a website these reviews go live on as soon as the episode airs, will bring you the Series S and X uh, reviews. Big thanks to Finster Gamer and Comic Pictures for their words and pros. Uh, okay, well, let me. I will um, dig out the first of our reviews. I'm going to do the Series S. This one's provided by Finster Gamer, aka Mickey. You think he wrote this in like his, his sexy, like, unitard? Well, I'm, he, he sobered up for a week of lifting weights in a leotard on the, uh, or unitard, as you call it. I don't mm-hmm. know what one of those is. I, I see that more as a wrestling singlet. Yeah. Uh, I like, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's put the glue back down for half an hour. He's picked up a 1S. A boy lives an eclectic lifestyle. <laughs> he says, as a spiritual successor to the 1S, the evolution of the DNA that's been inherited by the Series S is evident. It's presented in the same compact, slick, white design, only much smaller and more minimalistic. It's hard to believe that the console's even smaller in person than they appear on pictures, resembling the dimensions of a tissue box or an albeit hefty crime novel. As a testament to its miniature stature, it measures in at literally a quarter of the size of the PS5 in its cubic volume. At 249.99 English pounds, it's 200 pounds cheaper than the Series X Dave, a straight PS5 and 100 pound less than the all-digital PlayStation counterpart, making it the all-round lowest-priced entry into the next-gen hardware. This price tag does come with a few important caveats to consider, however. Its ability to play all next-gen games means that at its core, it does everything that a next-gen console should. The immediate noticeable omission is that of a disk drive, meaning that the physical games will not be playable on this device. While this is an important factor for collectors, Microsoft have partners this generation offerings with a real focus on the Games Pass subscription service. The result of some serious acquisitions and partnerships means that all first-party releases, along with other third-party games, will be available day one for digital download, largely rendering discs redundant for a lot of titles. 
With all this digital content available, the next concern is that storage. The Series S ships with only 512 gigabytes of SSD storage compared to the one terabyte of SSD of the Series X. Aside from moving games as you complete them, if you do wish to hoard your downloads like some kind of digital chipmunk, there are several remedies in the form of external hard drives or the official SSD expansions to maintain those fast load times. It's also worth mentioning that the games on the Series S are much smaller in file size as they do not require the 4K texture packages and can be considerably lighter than Series X downloads with larger games. That brings us... Sorry, I've lost myself for a moment. Forgive me. That brings us to the difference in performance. On paper, the Series S is touted as the inferior model with a weaker GPU and other nonsense numbers that really equate to very little. If you're just here to play games rather than crunching numbers, take into account the Series S does not load. This is what happens when I try and do two things at once, Bobby. The Series S does not need to load the 4K elements of the X, resulting load times are both virtually identical. The area in which the Series X does tangibly perform better is its 4K resolution, whereas the S maxes out at 1440p, while the visual improvement is a fantastic step up. A lack of a 4K television would render either uh, 1080p, meaning that the benefit of the Series X would be lost on you anyway. The Series S is almost derogatorily referred to as the budget or entry-level console. But ultimately, if you do not own a 4K TV, are not overly attached to physical software, there is nothing else preventing it from competing with the rest. It will play the same games at around the same speed with an extra $200 in your pocket for two years' access to hundreds of games through Games Pass. Whether you've opted for Microsoft or Sony, all digital or full-fat disk drive, they're all cut from the same cloth and will play the next generation of software regardless. Your choices and price points are purely based around which attachments and add-ons you wish to couple with your upgrade. Even if you decided not to or whether unable to take the next step in gaming, cross-gen titles will be around for a while yet. Fundamentally, that is the single reason for all of this. Have the ability to play the next-gen of games as and when you see fit. Um, had a little technical issue there, Bobby. Is it fixed? Are you with us now? Oh, no. I just zoomed you the file over, so you should yeah. be all good to go. Uh, so the Series S, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've obviously been reading Adam and um, Mickey's reviews that they sent us as part of the collaboration with Downright Square, mm-hmm. the only website you need to know about for your gaming news and reviews. It takes them a little longer to put a review up, but when they do, you know they've properly played it. It's not been endorsed by anybody, and what they tell you, you can bank. All right? You 100%. can bank it. Right. Yeah. Bank that in. They've when they fin- when they say they finished a the game, they finished a the game. So when you read the review, you get in the full warts and all. So not, someone's not just sat there and blitzed through it in thirty seconds just to get to the end section so they can review it, yay or nay. Graphics are okay, blah blah. No, it's a full on breakdown of how it works. So mm-hmm. we employ you to check it out. Anyway, I was thinking about this as the moments arise as we move forward from from the launches of the next-gen consoles, I'll be looking at picking up probably another one at some point in time. Out of the Xbox family, the one I would gun for probably would be that Series S. I think, yeah, I thought about the same thing. I don't want a big... I don't want another big console. I find if I didn't have the PS5, then I would entertain the Series X. Mm -hmm. And then again, if I was to buy a PS... the the problem here is 
Microsoft have done a bit of a coup de gras here because the Series S is small. It's got no disc. Mm-hmm. Bam, it's Games Pass machine. Mm-hmm. So awesome. You get that. But then if you're going to get a PlayStation, you probably want to get the disc version. But then you've mm-hmm. got an all-in, full-on, next-gen machine. So to me, that's the ultimate tie-up. And and with all the cross-gen support and, yeah, there's been some videos on Digital Foundry where the S is using different assets. But if you're rendering them out with 1080p, <laughs> you're not going to know. So mm-hmm. unless you've got on the 4K bandwagon and you're still rocking a, a 1080p set, there's no reason to get the X. Yeah. See, like for me, I obviously get physical. So if I was an if I was an Xbox, you know, more 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 prone to Xbox, I get the X, obviously. But then if I was uh, you know, thinking about getting a PlayStation, I go digital. Mm. Because am I really gonna spend money on both systems? Probably not. I might just sign up for PlayStation Plus and see what they have to offer. Like for me, I'm I got the physical PS5. I'm looking into the S because I'm, I'm interested, but am I really going to start buying games for the Xbox and then the PS5? I'd rather just go with the Game well, Pass. Yeah, you know, Xbox is saying S. to you, yeah, exactly. You don't, yeah, you yeah, don't need 100%. to buy games anymore, so no, yeah. you get on board with this. I mean, there was a lot of time where I was genuinely weighing up the idea of getting the app for the phone, and I think they're not there yet, but they will eventually get mm-hmm. there. Air playing that to my TV, pairing a controller to my phone, mm-hmm. boom, you, you can play any Xbox game you want. You just yep. stream it. So a bit like Stadia, and I'm yeah. sure an app will come to modern TVs sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. You don't need the console Mm-mm. to play the Xbox library. So, yeah. I'm like... So they do have some games I'm interested in. There's a couple oh, yeah, of games sure. I've seen, so... That flight simulator definitely. I saw my friend play it, and listen, it looks great. Dude. <laughs> that that flight simulator, Fable. I mean, when I'll, he I'll flew over to York, and I was like, "Wow, bro!" I mean, it's like looks like a picture. It's unbelievable. Mm, fascinating. That mm-hmm. that game's piqued a lot of people's interest. I have to admit. Yeah, my um, uncle is trying to tell me that it's for PlayStation as well, and he doesn't know anything about video games. Good job he doesn't do a podcast. And and for Christmas, he's asking my aunt to buy him that. Meanwhile, he doesn't have a system. So I'm not sure how he's going to play it, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Father Christmas, he can perform a wonderful amount of it's things. It's unbelievable, bro. Like, dude, you need something. He'll see on. that on his list and he'll be like, okay, so I need to get him a PC with a 1080, 1080 Ryzen card in it or all that with the jargon. So we've we've done the S review. Thank you for Mickey for that. Um, he's the Stan Lee of Downright Square, so his words carry weight. The artist of Downright Square and also this show Adam the Artist has also weighed in with an Xbox Series X review uh, which we'll get to so there's there's my opinion for what it's worth obviously it's probably not worth a great deal but I'll be an S Series S guy um, if I was following the Xbox from launch and like I say I've had every Xbox bar the one at launch um, would I get a Series X Probably, if I had a 4K TV as a secondary console, the S makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the X review, the mother load, um, the big monka chunker. So first <laughs> off, the Series X is the most 
powerful console on the market, blurring the lines between a PC and a console in terms of outright capability. But the reality of the situation is there's little discernible difference between the actual output of Microsoft's powerhouse and Sony's PS5. Much talk was made of the faster SSD in the PS5 and the extra teraflops of the Series X, but as a benchmark video from all the big outlets have shown, loading times and graphical stroke frame rate settings are as close to be a non-issue. Uh, plumping for the Series X on all access, which is a brilliant way to be able to afford such an expensive machine, and the two-year Games Pass Ultimate sub makes it seem like you're actually stealing from Microsoft. I think technically you are, but it's all about those subs, so it's no wonder they're being so flexible. Not only has this led to record sales, more than the, uh, which was fast out of the gates, 360, Bobby, but it's also pushed the number of Games Pass subs close to 20 million, a staggering amount of regular income for the Xbox division. According to Mr. Spencer, a.k.a. Uncle Phil, we'll dri- this will drive production of games, and let's face it, the games are the entire reason why we buy these monolithic silicon-filled boxes and crowd around them like apes in that movie. Upon opening the box, and we talked about this last week, what struck me most, and yes, it is big, how small it is compared to the impressions that have been from the various media outlets. The thing uh, may not be the Sistine Chapel ceiling, of pretty consoles, but it's a feat of engineering so precise and so sturdy that Brunel would tip his hat to the design team. It's solid, it's heavy, in a way it's far more attractive than it should be. The thing's a breeze to set up, using existing cabling and stashing the 2.1 cable for the next TV upgrade. Uh, you plug in your USB HDD and transfer over your games, which then immediately started upgrading for their enhanced versions with no prompting. Again, we've talked last week about Microsoft got that covered off. The unboxing mm-hmm. experience and the slickness of the upgrade experience if you're having to put a, a PS4 game in versus putting an Xbox One X game in and then it'll grade into the Series X is, without question, a very slick experience. Yeah. Not only that, but after entering uh, profile information, the Xbox applied all previous settings from display calibration to the different control profiles used on Elite controllers. Uh, not actually sure it's been that easy since the cartridge days. That ease brings to the main point and or takeaway of uh, Downright Square's yet brief experience with t- next-gen in terms of gaming and games. We are beyond, at least initially, seeing the kind of leaps in graphics that we've been used to in generations gone. This time, it's all about the quality of life. Don't get us wrong, regardless of what TV you're playing on, games are going to look better, particularly on the Xbox, where auto HDR and upscaling via machine learning makes your older games run faster, smoother, and better looking than ever. Uh, there's pretty much standard 60 FPS across the board. There's massive leaps in lighting, volumetric effects, and ray tracing. But, and this is still um, us being realistic, they're squeezing more and more still out of the last gen with games like The Last of Us 2, Hellblade, Ori, Will in the Wisps, and more. So do these new games and new effects make you sit up and say, wow, in the same way that previous leaps have? No. No, they don't. Got to agree with Adam there. You know, going from the PS1 to PS2 stroke original Xbox was like a, oh my goodness moment. Going from the PS2 or original Xbox to 360 PS3 was equally as a, oh my goodness moment. Um, going from three to four and mm-hmm. Xbox 360, I need to get my naming, my numbering convention right here, to Xbox One. Um, that was yeah. like, oh, it looks a little, yeah, it looks a bit more refined. And the same leap here, like it's doing things, the elimination of the load times, etc. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, amazing, but not 
not that initial leap that we saw. And they're getting smaller every gen. I don't quite, I think by the time. And I was thinking this the other day, Bobby. Has that reduction in WoW, if they had not released those midlife consoles in the Pro or the One X, by the time this next gen rolled around, would we have been more blown away? Not, I mean, how much better is a PlayStation original, four original model to a Pro? Is it like really that outstanding? I thought it was, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a big uplift. Yeah. So I don't and have that, a Pro. And that kind of bridged the gap for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, if, I think if, I'd, if I still had my original four and I was going to five on 4K, I'd be like, my goodness gracious me. Yeah, so see, I have we... the original four to five, but the same TV. Ah. See, so Valhalla, I guess, looks as best as it's going to look for me on my TV, which still looks beautiful. I can only imagine when it's like a 4K, but how, mu- how much better graphically can the games possibly get before you're just watching a movie? They're cl- I mean, there's times where you're playing, here's an example, that Miles Morales. There's times where I was like, what? You know, the character models, like hair in games still now, even to this day, looks a little bit sort of like, oh dear, mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't look at the hair. All right. Valhalla does a pretty good job with the facial hair. Yeah, I thought does. that looked good, but the actual It looked hair, like actual, like they did a beard, not just like a blotch. Yeah. It looks great. And the the facial animations and the look and feel and the emotions that the characters convey in Miles Morales as, a, as another example looks great. Looks really good. And the scene around you looks amazing. Just the next fidelity up from that, which will be PlayStation 6 or Xbox, whatever that's going to be called, mm-hmm. but Xbox 4. Um you know, I think it's just going to make those backgrounds more solid. I still don't think we're going to have realistic hair. I think that's going to be something we're chasing for many generations. But uh, anyway, back to this very eloquent review. Of course, puddles, water, reflective windows, skyboxes do look better than they could have, uh, but they could have little impact on the wow factor when you can see so many of the current crop of games running with albeit slightly less pizzazz on the previous gen of consoles. However, what does do that other quality of life improvements which and i say this if i haven't seen the effect on both machines are staggering yes that's something i'd agree with those load times bobby that with this current yes. gen of new gen that that never gets boring like zap you're in the game like, no, it's, and, un- it's unbelievable bro. and you're not I just believe it. scratching your head looking at what menu to press you are in the game uh, load times are staggering so quick there's no time for a coffee biscuits or trips to the loo increased frame times make everything seem smoother and shinier than before and it makes a feeling of immersion in the worlds we sink ourselves into so much very deeper destiny 2 for example is like a different game such are the improvements to the way it runs the generational leap has changed somewhat it's harder to see but oh it's so much very easier to feel and that's something that doesn't convey in those digital foundry videos and I think Adam's done a very good job of sort of showing that point and again once this show airs you'll be able to go to down right square and is that, daisy. is that the dog yes yeah, daisy's dog is that your pet i've not been all the way deep to your side of tom's apartment or is that no some... i just have two cats that's just daisy's dog outside barking all right okay that's yeah. nice Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go and read these reviews without my stops and abuttals and questions of Bobby and you know mistakes in my rather local ham radio technique style. 
So let's sum things up. On the Xbox, there's Games Pass, which is an absolute juggernaut of a deal, offering over 300 games, some of which rotate in and out, but the big guns remain. There's back compatibility, which makes playing these backlog of games better than it would have been on the older hardware, and the crazy cross-gen compatibility. Friends of the show, of which Adam is many, um, play Warzone on a Sunday night, and every Sunday they'll be playing on a he'll be playing on a Series X at 4K60. One of them's on a Series S at 1080-60. Another one's on a One X at 64K, and another on an OG Xbox One at 1080p at 30fps. This all happens seamlessly with no issues in syncing and no changes to their usual spread of performance. So it's quite simply fantastic and should be applauded. Agreed. I mean, cross-gen games and platforms, now we've passed that sort of Sony watershed moment and everyone's playing everybody's Switch, Xbox, uh, Tell you what, though. PlayStation players, it, it is slick. Cross-gen is amazing, right? Cross-play, because I have friends on Xbox playing like Rogue Company. Mm-hmm. But even with my Xbox friends playing, we both know who has a computer. Because, my God, the control and like precise precision you had on a computer with a mouse... Oh, the PC master race. Whoa. Like we know when we're getting, when we're getting whooped, we know that's guy got a PC because the way they move and aim is, so you could definitely tell that, yeah, PC definitely is a master. It's always been, but it's pretty cool that I have, I have a guy on the switch. My listen, boy, I got an Xbox dude, and I'm on PlayStation and we're all playing the same game. You, you could get off eBay, a very cheap USB keyboard and a very cheap USB mouse. Plug that into the front of your PlayStation five and as far as I'm aware, it's supported. You could you be can play with pe- a keyboard and a mouse. Well, you, if you want that precision of control, you could do. Really? Yeah. If you want no wires, you could use a Bluetooth keyboard and a wireless mouse with a USB dongle, and you you you'd be all over it. Oh. Two for two, Bobby. One more, and you are off the show, friend. That's I had no idea. <laughs> what the you, you, you swore? That I got rid. And, of, I got rid of the swear sound effects. I thought he'll never do that again. I'll delete oh my it. God, I've just I had no idea you could do that. <sighs> like you had no idea. This is going to go up there with the. I didn't know you could use the DualShock Four on. A, on a <laughs> I feel like am 3. I even a gamer? What What am I doing on the show? I don't know. You're here because you've got gaming chops. I'm here I mean, because I've got chops. That's it. I don't have no idea. So right in the middle of the Xbox episode, there's going to be a PlayStation 2 startup sound. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Make make an Xbox achievement sound. Okay. You have to. You have to. I'll get you the Since we lost Phil, the producer, my editing skills are a pony at best. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's let's sort the control. An incremental change in the controller has brought some small improvements. It's probably the thing that separates the Xbox and PlayStation this time around. Haptic feedback and adaptive triggers are a nice addition to the new DualSense where the Xbox controller sticks with a proven design in a workhorse controller where the benefits are a removable battery with significantly longer period between charges. Uh, the PlayStation controller has niftier features, but as ever, the extra controller is no frills. Durable kit that just works. There are lots of things to like across the board. Yeah, and as much as I'm wowed by the dual sense in a game like Astro Bot, I'm waiting to see how the dual sense is implemented or whether it's just yeah. going to end up being a redundant feature. Mm-hmm. If it is, massive shame, because when it is used, it's incredible. When it's not used the controller starts to feel a little bit hollow again. Um, but anyway, 
absolutely no idea uh, which doubt uh, the whatever many consumers choose to go this uh, winter there'll be not one person lamenting a bad choice because there isn't one playstation or xbox it doesn't matter they're essentially the same machine with an absolute glut of next gen games coming in the next few years everyone will see the limits of what these machines are capable of pushed as far as developers can push and gamers are the ones who will benefit regardless of where they choose to play to sum up Xbox Series X, although it might be decisive, uh, Adam loves the design. See to see already where the next-gen games are headed, and it's clear they're going to be epic on all machines. Looking at the launch lineups from both of the big players, it's going to be a little while before we get there. And I think that that speaks that sort of last statement there speaks volumes. Valhalla looks amazing on the next-gen machines. It looks equally as good, to be fair, on 4 and Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So until we get to and it's going to take a long time to cut the apron strings of being because playstation has done so well obviously playstation are a little bit scared of cutting the apron strings and kicking the playstation 4 players to one side so horizon zero forbidden west is going to be cross-gen i've mm-hmm. got a funny feeling god of war ragnarok is going to be cross-gen all of a sudden i don't think so mm, i think that's not going to come out to 2022 well, depends how they'll so, support the pro for the that's what, I, for. that's what I think. I think if you want people to go over, you have to start doing some some of the big game to push. If you're not gonna do that then Well what's Uncle the point? Jim Uncle Jim Ryan, he wasn't to be pinned down on that and he seemed to intimate that it would be heading to the fore. Oh. So I mean let's oh. face it, you don't look at God of War on the four, base four and say that's an ugly looking game. Oh, by a, no, 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 it's beautiful. So there comes a point in time where supporting the older machines means the older machines melt or struggle and look terrible compared. So, you know, I like you, I, Sony say they believe in generational leaps yet support the PS4 mm-hmm. with cross-gen games, like stop it because you're holding back the five and your early adopters want to see a game that makes them go, oh my God. Because how long was PS3 around until PS4 just said officially done? What, two, three years? Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a while before the apron strings are cut, but the thing that helped, the thing that meant that the the 4 started to grow wings and fly was that the 4 and the 3 were very different UIs. So there was nothing, not UIs, but, you know, game building development yeah, tools. Yeah, yeah. The three obviously is a completely different beast. It speaks Swahili, whereas the PS4 speaks, you know, French or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. getting those to to cross gen over was difficult, nay impossible. Although you saw it with games like I mean Assassin's Creed's always there bridging yeah. the gap because obviously you can get Black Fag on PS3, which I've got and I think mm-hmm. was great, but you could also get it on the four uh, as a launch game, which, you know, just looks slightly better pitchy, Mm -hmm. you know. It's very hard to pick the two. If they're running on separate TVs, if you were flicking between on the same TV, you'd be like, oh, I can see, yeah, the granular detail there on the sand doesn't go out as far on the PS3 or the 360 or whatever, but you know what, we're nitpicking. So to to Adam's point at the end there, I think we're a good six months to a year away from seeing what these machines can actually do. Yeah, 100%. When you look at how much more powerful that the five is or the Series X is than the Pro or the One X, you know, we're talking a leap of three or four times that power. 
that's yeah. the general leap. That's the generational leap that made us go, oh my goodness, from the three to four or the mm-hmm. two to three, which we've not seen. So I'm excited for what the future holds. But in the meantime, right, we've got snazzy new consoles with some awesome cross-gen and exclusive games that uh, are going to keep us more than occupied, especially if you're looking to platinum or a thousand G, those bad boys. Yeah. There's six months worth of games there already. Yeah, right here. Bobby, with all that said and done, I think we sorted the technical issues. We've got some uh, listener comments. Mm-hmm. First up, loyal listener and a wonderful human being who I'm growing to love like a man should love a woman. It's Mr. <laughs> Graham.c. He says, how does it compare to the PS5 in actual performance? Forget the stats for a second on a personal level. How does it perform? Well, I can't speak for that, but I've gone off and done some research and it seems to me they're much on a par. At the moment, there seems to be a little bit of an FPS boost towards the PS5 for some reason. And I've got I've been doing some research to try and understand where that comes from. And that doesn't mean just watching a digital foundry video and telling you what I've seen. It means I've gone off and tried to Google some of the specs and outputs and throughputs of these things and understand why or how. Um, there's a consensus that some of the games and the the Xbox series are built on a platform that's for PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X stroke S. And that unification of the platforms is causing the game not to perform to the highest level that they could do. And when we're talking five FPS drop here, we're not talking massive dips or anything ridiculous like that, whereas the PS5... You make the game for PS5, you make the game for PS4. It's the same base mm-hmm. game, but then you tweak it, you put it on the disc, and you make it that version. Whereas the Xbox One Series X and the PC versions seem to be sharing a lot more internal DNA. I think we'll see those FPS drops disappear with patches over the next three to six months, and I think we'll also see uh, the Series X really hit its stride once they sort of let the ropes off it a little bit. I think at the minute it's being pulled back just a little bit. And I think that's causing some artificial gains towards the PS five, but ultimately I'm not one of these people that can see a difference in five of of five FPS drops. I just, I'm that wrapped up in the game. I don't see it. If you put it through a frame counter, I'll be able to go, Oh yeah, look, you can see, but, my eyes can't see it. Obviously, if it bogs and it drops to 20 from 60 or 10 from 30, I can feel it. You know, it feels like you're playing the game in slow-mo. As for the SSD, it's much of a muchness. There's some games where the Xbox has an edge. There's some games where the PS5 has an edge. Which is always going to be the case. Yeah. If you put a generic third-party controller in someone's hands and put a blanket over the X and the PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. and then flicked between and didn't let them know, yeah. and you weren't playing with the specific on-brand Xbox controller or the specific on-brand DualSense mm-hmm. controller, I really don't think anyone would. Uh, hand on heart, you say, I'm playing an Xbox. Like, well, yeah. actually, I pulled the cloth off. You're on PS5, friend. Oh, I'm playing PS5. Actually, I pulled the cloth off. You play an Xbox Series X, friend. I think that it's, at the moment, it's so hard to tell. I think in going forward into the future, I'm I'm pretty much convinced that those two teraflops are going to be worth uh, their weight in gold. Um, I think some of the throughput, the hard drive, um, which is where it's got the higher I/O input rate that the PS5 has got. Now there's a patch to unlock that even more and go even faster. But that's basically 
getting stuff to the card quicker. That's like, you know, a, a quicker conveyor belt of stuff to the machine that makes the graphics. That has an edge. How much of an edge that's going to have on actual graphical performance, I don't know. So, Mr. Graham C., there's a very roundabout way of uh, answering your question. I would say at the moment, none, okay? They're the same. Hand to eye coordination, they're they're so alike it's unbelievable it's one of the closest gens we've seen but i do feel like the series x may edge it out if it gets software that supports it uh, to its maximum level and again if we cut those apron strings bobby from the four and the one x i think that's when we'll see really what these machines are made of we'll be back down to 30 fps at 4k or maybe lower. You know, we will, won't we? Uh, who's next? I got C, uh, C. Pliskin. He says, hmm, interesting topic. The only problem is I don't have an Xbox Series XX, and I don't really have an interest in the console if I had a choice. Still a good topic to focus on, the thumbs up. That's fair enough. I mean, mm-hmm. He's listening anyway, so it's nice of him to do, and mm-hmm. no doubt he's going to pick up some stats and facts and, and find out a little bit about the Xbox Series X. <laughs> Um, up next, young adult man, aka <laughs> wan.good30ce12, another person that uh, we're forming a bond with on the Discord, which is nice. He said, Man, I wish I could have a full on review, but to be honest, oh man, I wish I could give a full on review, but to be honest, I only got as far as to set up my Series S and get some games downloaded on it. I did, however, try the Outer Worlds because in my Xbox One, it took years to load, loading screens at all times, going to a location, or even doing going into a house or whatever. So I tried it out on my S and it's super fast load screens still there but they're not as bad it, it will only load for five seconds and back into gameplay i'd say ps5 and xs are around the same just different titles and features i believe next gen though it's not overhyped like i thought <laughs> lol laughing till i cry emoji oh i've got to do the next one yeah but being retro gaming now you had some homework last week and you haven't done it no doubt because you always say you're going to do things to the listeners and you never do you well, i've got to- a ps4 game did it work yeah, yeah. it worked fine. I'm not expected to do it. The yeah, well, that I didn't have a PS3 game in myself. I had to go to my box and get it in my your, closet. Your fan goodwill is starting to run dry. I'll do it today, though. I'll, cool. I'll even post it on the... Um, I'll post it. I'll do PS1, it. PS2, PS3. Yeah, I ha- I'll get them today, I promise. If you're listening now, listener, and you haven't seen this upload on Discord, exclusive content for the Discord yeah. members, but the, the, the Discord isn't exclusive. Anyone can join and see if you're a man of your word or not. Yeah, they're anyway, going to post it on the Discord. Here's a man of his word. But being retro gaming, uh, what happens if you put a PS4 game uh, in the console? Uh, can you check what happens if you put a nice open CD of Xbox 360 or Xbox One game? Uh, death emoji, black flag death emoji. Um, Badabingster, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I think you know before you even said anything, uh, you knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Next, Adam the Artist, Comic Picture 79. What's he got to say for himself, Bobby? Obviously, the podcast is multi format, it's wonderful to see those collaborations with Downright Square, which gives you guys a chance to cover all the bases in your reporting. So Chapo to you guys for that. Obviously, we are interested in different stuff, but it's never a bad thing to hear other points or view or experiences. At the end of the day, we're all gamers. When you get down to it, I thought your PlayStation piece was great, 
even though I bought a Series X. Keep up the good work, boys. As always, he's a gamer, is our Adam. He's also a drawer. That's what that's what kids call an artist, a drawer. A drawer. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, Finster Gamer, the other half of the tag team duo that is the downright square reviewers of the consoles. Uh, he says, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on our thoughts. And I want to say a massive thank you for allowing us to be part of the show. No, our absolute pleasure. I don't think um, I've been humble enough, to be fair. You've certainly saved us um, some legwork. You've also saved the show's budget, which uh-huh. is already maxed out because of all the free stuff that we give you. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Bobby's wages need paying. Tom's got a proviso. He's ever the legal beagle. He, he put a clause in there where he needs to get paid. Right? <laughs> Even though he's incarcerated, there was a section in his uh, contract that says he still gets three quarters pay. So he was semi-generous there. Uh, but Bobby coming on board, he needs pay. I get paid in, I think, chocolate buttons now. So, you know, at least I'm not starving to death. What a little gold one jumping up to look for Christmas time. A gold yeah, one. yeah, let's go yeah. for it. Let's blow like, the budget. I want to get paid in those. Yeah, I like that. I've tried them in a couple of cam machines, Bobby, and I've got a couple of drinks out of it. So, you know, I'm not going to try thirst either. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. Bada Bing, Stonational Gaming's back. His uh, last uh, last game in the battle here on a serious note, uh, guys. Uh, next to each other, if you have Valhalla in both accounts. So, so which one has the quicker load at the times? Well, I mean, my friend has it on Xbox. And I, I, I'm almost neck and neck. Like, I didn't really stop watching, but it seemed pretty quick. Without stoking the fires of the console war, I think if you... If you had, if you went in one room and played Valhalla on the Xbox Series X S, yeah, I think they're going to perform pretty much. And then neck walked and neck. in and played it on the PlayStation Five. Yeah. You would think they were uh, you, they were the same loan times. Without stoking the console wars, there has been tests mm-hmm. done, and the Five does scrape it literally by two seconds max or point two seconds. It's very very close. To which point, I really don't think it matters to be because I have Odyssey. Right, and the loading screen when you fast travel, mm-hmm. I can run around and roll and you know other stuff. Here yeah. you get maybe two three steps and boom, like you're in. It's you kind know? of it's kind of like done away with that, hasn't it? Like before yeah, that right. was a place where you could quickly practice the controls yeah. and things, uh-huh. and now it's like oh, you get me. like one swing and that's like oh okay, I'm here, which well, is amazing. To that point, um, cool. the actual. If you fast travel in Mars Morales in the original Spider-Man, if you fast travel, it showed you a scene of him on the subway. Yes. Talking to people. Mm-hmm. On the PlayStation 5 version, you have to go in and select show uh, fast travel animations because otherwise it loads so quickly you don't even get it. Oh, wow. So you have to go into the options and select subway animations and then it will show you a picture of Miles on the subway. That's pretty cool. Um, that's all we've got as far as um, features go. So that's everyone's comments. Thank you, everyone, for messaging in. Um, I enjoyed that, and I think that uh, in the future we ought to do a little bit more of that, especially to make sure that we uh, we cover off every angle mm-hmm. of the whole, um, every single corner of facet 
of the whole consoles and I think we need someone to represent PC gaming. I don't know if that's going to be downright square or what, but you know, we always read out the new releases, but mm-hmm. we could do with a, a PC gamer feature or three, I reckon. Yeah. Um, anyway, once again, humble. If this video was, if this podcast was videoed, you'd see me down on my knees wearing holes in my jeans. As I pray to downright square.co.uk, the mighty Finster gamer, and this week he's lent his uh, the mighty Adam to review the Series X. So we've done both those machines. Um, t- to paraphrase Adam, what a great time to be a gamer, right? Yeah. What a great yeah, that time was, to I be a gamer. I appreciate that. was nice, guys. Thank you very much. So thank you for that, boys. And by the time you're hearing this, you'll be able to go to downright square and read the review as I do a pretty poor job of reading it out. So there you go. There's no listener stingray because here in America, hashtags are banned in case they influence the already ended election. But there you go. It rumbles on. So as I say, I'm sure we will do a special episode where we critique the listeners. But not to worry because the real deal is about to absolute blast up fifth for main Bobby. What's he been up to this week? What's he been up to? Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what I've been seeing. What? Going in and out of that basement by the bodega. That ground floor basement. In and out. In and out. In and out. Do you know what he's doing? Hmm. Because what's what's the owner of the bodega's name? Was it Julian? No, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Okay. All right. No wonder he looks at me strange when I go in and call him Julian all the time (laughs) when I go to get my white roll. His son is Julian, though. Really? Yeah. That's where the confusion comes from. So that's probably where it is. Well, anyway, I don't know which one's serving me, be it Julian or Lewis. I, I, you know, Juliet Lewis. I'm they look, yeah, bro, it. they look similar considering they're like 20 years apart. I mean, that man. I, he- I well. heard that he's in and out of that basement because he bought so much Trump memorabilia. He's now got nowhere to offload it. So he's, he's <laughs> rented uh, Lewis's cellar uh, or, or whoever. I don't even know mm-hmm. anymore. The guy that runs the bodega and yeah. his boy. Mm-hmm. He's rented the cellar and he's dumping massive amounts knowing stingray the way i know him though he'll pay the first rental fee and then he'll Mm -hmm. skip the rest and it'll be their job to get rid of all that trump merch yeah no doubt next time you go in there to buy a coffee it'll be like do you want a free flag trump for president (laughs) no no um i'm all right anyway here he comes it's time for a peek in what we affectionately call stingray's boot what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of battlefriend all this week these are the new release highlights for november 16th november 22nd 2020 listeners these are out digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed but could be yes they very well could be region dependent have you picked a mummy mummy and have you chosen a vhs friend i sure do okay i'll go first bubble bubble four friends the baron is back on ps4 on switch november 17th the popular dragons bub and bob are back bubble bubble four friends is the latest game in the legendary bubble bubble series from taito play alone with up to three friends in couch co-op mode and jump your bubble dragons through 100 levels to defy the wicked magician Bonner and his henchmen. The bubbles don't just let you trap your opponents either. Your dragons can also jump on them to reach higher platforms, collect extend bubbles to activate and upgrade skills such as lightning and bomb bubbles, develop countless new strategies to develop through the worlds and take advantage of air currents. The original Bubble Bobble arcade from 1986 is also included, which captured the hearts of players all around the world still has fans humming its title melody today celebration for fans and for the whole family this next game bobby the one that you're going to read out i've uh 
the mighty Boba Labor put a link to a video review of this from the XBM network on the Discord earlier. This game's actually attracting quite a bit of attention. It's meant to be a little bit of a... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's good, but almost sort of... No, it's not naughty, but it's almost like kitsch, so kitsch it's good sort of mm. game. So bad it's good sort of game. Okay. I'll let you pull it out. We got uh, five dates for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, November 17th. Five dates is an interactive rom-com about the unpredictable world of digital dating. With five potential female matches, Vinny explores whether compatibility, chemistry, and connection is still possible in a world where physical touch is no longer an option. Now, before we move on, as soon as I read this, mm-hmm. in my mind, mm-hmm. I heard of the song from NSYNC, Digital Get Down. Okay? And before oh. people make fun of me, that song was one of my guilty pleasure songs from NSYNC when it came out. I used to rock that. I didn't care who heard me either. I love that song. You heard it here on the show. Well, now we... <laughs> Now we know that little bit more about you. You should have done that on one. You should have just outed all your guilty secrets in the first episode you were on, really. You could have got that all out of the way. Said some Hail Marys. We'll do a little little bit each time. Next is my (laughs) incremental knowledge gain. Uh, Next up, this is my mummy mummy. Mars Horizon, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, November 17th. Lead a major space agency as you guide humanity to Mars in this strategy simulation game. Construct a base, design and build rockets, conduct missions throughout the solar system, and write your own history of space exploration. Created with support from the European Space Agency. Sounds interesting. Well known for their uh, successful space launches, you know. If you're not NASA or the USSR, do you count? Not really. <laughs> Next, weird. we got Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate for PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadium. Wow. November 17th. Uh, Mortal Kombat is back and better than ever with the next evolution of the iconic franchise. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Pac-Man Megatunnel Battle on the Stadium, November 17th. So riveting that I'm not even going to read out the interior. Paul, pure Paul for the Switch. And I'm, I'm normally a big fan of the Sadia, but this week I just haven't got the energy in me. Uh, pure Paul on the Switch, November 17th. Get ready for the most authentic Paul experience you ever witnessed from the comfort of your couch. One thing I would say. Why know, do they call it pool, not billiards? I don't know. Is this a pool game? Or is it like a billiards game? I don't know the answer to that. I, I cannot offer you any Anybody has a Switch out there, let me know. Well, they're not going to know, are they? Because it's just here in the UK, eight ball is called pool. Because I'm thinking like authentic pool experience. Like you're going to sue in the pool. Oh, no, 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 no. As you say, it's billiards, but it's called pool. Eight ball. Um, I was going to say, I'm tired. Although lounging around and doing two hours work plus writing a script, you wouldn't think I'd be tired, would you? I can imagine. Life as a podcast is not easy. No, it's not. How have you been finding, you know, you were a podcast celebrity before you even came on to this low-rate, third-rate show, but... I, I mean, mean, technically, do you know what? Hmm. I actually checked the charts today. Obviously, we ride high as always in all the English-speaking countries, but we're currently in the top 30 podcasts in the Philippines. That's amazing, bro. <laughs> we have to get Manny Pacquiao to come on our show. We're number two out of all the USA 
games and uh, um, I can't remember where we are in games, but in technology, we're 250th. So that's 249th amazing. least popular show in America. That's, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. That's something. I mean, isn't it? it can get tiring, you know? It's not it's not easy. I mean, it's you know, you, you have to put together something. Something. Although the digital um the downright square boys gave us a week off this week, so we've been able to play a little bit more PlayStation than we would have done mm-hmm. if we'd been no, I appreciate it, I do. That's like the Halloween special I did. I'm like, I always do all the time, but I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm a little slow. So I asked people who I know who likes horror games and everybody came to help me out. And I, I appreciate it. It saved me a week, really, you know, which is nice. It's Beautiful. Good. It's good to have friends, bro. What's next? Up next, we got truck driver. Build your career as a truck driver. Hold a wide range of cargo and make a name for yourself amongst the local community. Start from the bottom, take on jobs, buy new trucks and parts, and become a respected truck driver. <laughs> well, if you've done that. Yeah! Monster Truck Championship on a switch, November 19th. The true monster truck simulation, a unique and challenging motor racing experience where local or online victory depends solely on your driving skills. 16 customizable trucks, 25 arenas, and three leagues to win to become champion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well i'll do two of them we got poker club uh for pc ps5 and xbox series x 19 welcome to the most immersive poker simulation ever made live the life of a poker pro and a global poker tour and join a club and make a name for yourself in a 200 player online tournament that sounds crazy other than my mommy with me right here that just sounds crazy bro 200 player online tournaments. I don't know, dude. Okay. Up next, we got Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity for the Switch November 20th. Uh, players Link and Zelda, along with Impa and the four champions of Hyrule, as they try to stop the kingdom from being brought to ruin by Calamity Ganon. He's Is that Red Diesel? Ripping it down. Uh, together, battle against the encroaching darkness and right the kingdom's destiny. Experience a unique story featuring. Familiar faces from the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and see Hyrule from a different perspective before the great calamity struck. Very interested in that game. I ask mm. for it. Yeah, it looks good. So that's your mummy mummy, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, Katamari Damacy Reroll, PS4 and Xbox One. Obviously, that'll be every game that we've said is on PS4 and Xbox One, unless we say otherwise, is also playable on the Series X and PS5 and the Series S. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Don't forget. Uh, Katamari Damacy re-roll, PS4 and Xbox One, November 20th. Get ready to re-roll when the king of all cosmos accidentally destroys all the stars in the sky. He orders you, his pint-sized princely son, to put the twinkle back in the heavens above. Join the king and prince of cosmos in their wacky adventure to restore the stars at home or on the go. Now, in full HD. Up next, we got Sky, Sky, Scalia, Scalia. This this actually looks flipping brilliant. I saw uh, the trailer for this actually just two hours before you recorded. Like an eight bit RPG. It looks pretty interesting. Actually. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, and it's perfect for the Switch. So it's for the Switch, November twentieth. Uh, magic and Monsters Dungeons atmosphere await you in a story-driven action RPG set in a medieval fantasy world. That gets, let's give that an honorary mummy mummy from both of us for the Switch players out there. Yeah, why not? 
I mean, it, it does look it does look really cool. I'm not gonna yeah, like Scarlet Prophecy. I don't care how it reviews. It's yeah. got the unofficial controller seal. Of I mean, obviously, it. yeah, you're gonna get calamity. But I mean, if you're not into Zelda, I if would, I one day see I would a game. Try this. If I one day see a game that comes out, you know, on the back it's like IGN nine out of ten unofficial controller. Bro, podcast. we should just do that, dude. Unofficial controller stand. podcast, mummy, mummy. Yeah, that's in brackets. it. We should make a little logo for that, and, and then just another, boom, stamp, stamp it on. A, oh, you like that game? But the both of us have to prove it. Okay. Boom. So the BG. first ever officially announced Mummy Mummy is a Scalia prophecy. If they want to, they can put this the logo that's yet to be produced on yeah. their box. No. Oh, you know what we can do? We could do. We could do. Mummy Mummy. That's it. Why don't we? <laughs> that's a little bit predatory. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Why that, don't so. we? Why don't we? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing there. Got a little excited. You swarm. This podcast meant to be for all ages. Some kids can't sleep tonight because it's like, mummy, mummy. Like, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, that sounds horrible. I'm not I thought it was going to be the way forward, but I actually think it's probably not. Uh, maybe we'll even reach out to the developers of Scarlia Prophecy and send them a, P, a PNG of the logo. Of the God, mummy, if mummy we logo see that little stand and the thing saying, game, just to let you know, you've won um, the game of the week. Recommend we call it the mummy. I'm gonna mummy. pass out of my chair, bro. Why the mumsy, mumsy. Anyway, before we let the rather bored-looking Stingray depart, because we've held him far too long, and he's got another warehouse of Trump gear to cram into Lewis's uh, bodega cellar. Uh, God knows how he's going to make that fit. What's your VHS pick, my uh, handsome friend? The professional. Mm. I think it's called professional for you guys too, right? Or yes. it might be called Leon the professional. Ah, uh, Leon. That's what Brilliant. you guys call it over there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Leon. Leon. Do you know this what my... Matilda. Bro, when he said that... That's John Renault, right? Yes, I love that dude. I mean, really, he plays the same guy in every movie. But he, I mean, he, he was perfect <laughs> for this movie. You know what I mean? 1998 Godzilla. Same yeah, guy. Yeah, Little Milk. Little Milk. That's it. That was awesome. Gary Oldman. Everyone! Like, oh my God, bro. Do you know Gary Oldman? Has he got shades of Harvey Retro? Bro, if there was a bio, if there was a movie based on his life and Harvey Retro's not involved in it, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Do you know what I'm picking? Hmm. Blue Thunder. It's a story about a helicopter uh, with Roy Schneider and Malcolm McDowell as ex-Vietnam vets. Roy Schneider, they're now both police helicopter pilots. Blue Thunder is the most cutting edge. It looks like an Apache gunship, but it's going to be used at the Los Angeles Olympics for crowd control, except it's got weapons. And when Schneider takes it up in the air, realizes this thing can listen to your conversations. It's tapped into all these databases so it can find out what your name is, where you live. And he doesn't like, he doesn't like the idea of an, a, a big brother in the air. Little does he know how much foreshadowing this this helicopter movie, espionage movie, would be. So there's a really amazing um, helicopter chase around Los Angeles in the in the climax of the film, and uh, he then takes the helicopter away from the uh, authoritarian government and and destroys it. Ultimately, spoilers if you were like, "Well, that sounds good. I'll watch that." Well, yeah, probably don't have to. But if you haven't seen it and it's from the eighties, you know, don't worry about it. Bobby's going to add it to the list. Deep, deep, dead calm, blue thunder. 
you know, he's going to watch the wheels off of them. He's going to play the Bioshock collection. I've written down all your crimes and I'll hold you accountable for every single one of them now in the court of George. Yeah. Anyway. And I feel bad because like, I do want to do it, bro. No one doubts your intentions. I just feel like. Just the fulfillment of these intentions is, is low down. Anyway. I've just headbutted the mic stand, Bobby. Good job it was there. I sort of headbutted you clean in the face, and no one wants that. Not from this massive head of mine. We're so close. We're so close. <laughs> uh, I mean, some would say it's very homoerotic the way we have the mics set so close to each other, and and we, you know, good job that we've isolated yeah. together because I'm breathing COVID on you, and you're breathing. Bro, on you're me. basically like what ten inches away from me. Yeah, it's very intense. I mean, that's why the show, the passion comes in the podcast, bro. It's my eyes ache because it's like this really intense bro stare out competition. From the moment I say hello and welcome, I'm just like staring you out. When I look in your eyes and you're talking about an interesting topic, and I don't talk, you could talk all day, dude. I'm learning. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Well. Yes, let's let Stingray go before this bromance gets out of control. Those who paid attention at the top of the show, they know, they know that uh, I now need to ask you, so they can all get on with their day, what you're hoping to play for this gaming week. Probably just really Valhalla. Okay. Just going to go ham on that. I'm going to, um, I'm going to explore Planet Coaster. Uh, game intrigues me. I'm going to have a go on that. I always love little sim games, so I'm going to have that burning on the side. I can't play Miles until my son next comes back over to New York, so that will be on on rest, but he'll be back maybe this time next week, which would be nice. That's cool you that do that. I like that. Yeah. In New York, playing that, one thing that ain't cheap, flights to the UK and back. i got to ask you a question about that game. Yes, far away. I heard that the Chrysler building is not in that game. It's not in that game. But no. it's in the remastered one. Well, they, I think they secured the license for the remaster, but when they went to renew it, well, they had the license for the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game, which were the remastered covers. Mm-hmm. But when they went to renew the license for Mars Morales, the, um, I think now Australian or Abu Dhabi investment firm that bought the Chrysler building, who have the rights to its representation in film or media. Really? Yeah. Um. It wasn't that they didn't want to, they just could never agree anything before the game had to go gold. So there's no saying that it won't pop back into the game at some point. In like time. a little patch, boom. Yeah, but to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is there something there that... Yeah, like... it's just a, a more generic shape. I think oh, you have okay, to avoid okay. any sort of yeah, yeah. reference to its imagery at all. So to play it safe, they had to just pop in something else. Oh, that's but... cool. I just thought it was like nothing was just there. No, it's not just a blank block or anything okay, like that. Okay, that's cool. No, it, it's, there is a building there. And I think it's the same height as well. To be honest, I, I didn't notice for a, quite a long time. And it's like, oh, where's that? And you, you do some checking and you find out and it's, it's all about rights to its physical appearance. But there you oh, go. It's strange, right? I mean, everything is just copyrighted. So a bit of that. I'll, Dave, we're nearly done. Then we'll go <laughs> trestles, all right? And I'm going to have some of that truffle sauce. <laughs> Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's the podcast of life in New York. You go trestles mm-hmm. in Astoria, you get yourself one of them Palmer, Arnold Palmer. Astoria Palmer's, bro. Astoria mm-hmm. Palmer. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Is it 
Are we going to, am I going to have to get the uh, show's credit card out or is it one of those all you can eat deals? No, right they're now? treating, they're treating us. They're treating us today. Are they? Yeah. To I think be they, fair, I told, think of all the promos they've had. That's what I'm saying. I told the owner, hey, listen, check out this podcast. I didn't tell anything. I say, check it out. Oh, I, I listened to your podcast. I said, oh, no, 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 no. This is the, this is the real deal podcast, bro. Listen to this the whole way through. Let me know what your thoughts. She's like, oh my God, when you guys come today, on me. Boom. Done. Supposed to have to take Dave as well, won't we? Yeah, well, no, not really, because he's not in the show. So uh, he's just a kind of annoying hindrance on the side of the show. Why don't we? Why don't we? I'm going to talk to her and maybe get like, hey, listen, give us a drink. Give us the unofficial drink, something that you don't want to put together, but you put together anyway. And if if it happens, I'll screenshot that bad boy. Unofficial controller cocktail. Boom. It's got to be. Yellow and pink. Yeah, we've got it, which is fine. You could do, I don't know, something with like, you know, like a frozen lemonade, pink lemonade. I don't know, something like that. Pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. I'm not not a bartender, so if I said that, that might sound disgusting. But, you know, they'll figure it out. Okay. Well, with all that aside, I'm I'm hungry now, so let's get down there. Let's go. uh, That's all we have time for this week. Listeners, always thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Bobby. Peace. Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right. No money. All we ask is that you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.